0: today I get the pleasure of introducing you to Shannon Millett. Now Shannon is a holistic health coach and nutritionist and a mum and an amazing entrepreneur in her own light. Now she talks us through her whole life journey of an eating disorder leading to alcohol abuse and even suicide and how she's managed to change her mindset, change her body and really understand more about herself, self-love and the journey that she's on and the journey that she's been on for her entire life until now. I am so excited for her to share this story with you because it's so heartfelt and I know that it will help those of you here who may have suffered with something similar or do so now too. Shannon, welcome to this She's Unshakable" podcast. I'm so excited to have our chat today. I hope that you're having a good day so far. I am. Thank you so much for having me on. You are most welcome. Most welcome. Super awesome to have you as well. So, before we get started into finding out a little bit more about you, I would love to know if you can dig in a little bit to your morning routine that you have at the moment.
1: Absolutely. So, um, my baby is now 14 months old. So, I've actually gotten into a nice morning routine now that he is sleeping through the night. <laughs> so, I I wake up pretty early. I wake up about 4.30 most days uh, to get my workout in just because I feel like by starting the day putting myself first, my day goes a lot better. So I get up around 4.30, work out, shower, get myself ready, Um, and then my son normally is up around 7.00, so feed him and then I play with him for a little bit and you know, I do take certain supplements in the morning to just help support my health and vitality. So I take those, I am not drinking coffee right now. And so what I've been doing to replace that kind of ritual <laughs> is making a cup of dandelion root tea Ooh, nice. um, so that I get that kind of like warm cup of, you know, a hot beverage in the morning, but it's really soothing and calming and just is kind of helping to support my overall health because definitely have been, you know, as a newer mom, I was relying on coffee a little bit too much for a while. So <laughs> that is, has been a nice little ritual to add in, uh, recently. And then, you know, depending on, on my kid, if he's having a good day or a bad day, uh, we always will go on a walk and that's where I will, you know, put on a podcast or listen to a meditation and really get a little bit quiet um, with myself. And I find that really sets my day on a, good, on a good note. I'll try and, you know, walk and think of a couple things that I'm grateful for. Sometimes I'll even not listen to anything and just really turn inward and um, be in a little bit of, of self-reflection. So, that generally is, is my morning routine. And, you know, around nine o'clock is when I'll have breakfast and it'll be maybe, you know, a smoothie with lots of veggies and berries or oatmeal. I've started to really enjoy some, you know, steel cut oats in the morning with some berries, but that has been my routine the last couple of months. And it's, it's pretty sacred to me. Like, My morning routine definitely dictates my day. If it gets thrown off, like, I have to do a lot of work to get my mind back on track.
0: Yeah, and I think that that in itself is such an important lesson. I think the way that we set up our days, and I know so many people, like, so many of my friends just don't have a morning routine, and I'll just, like, wake up, have coffee, have breakfast, and kind of go to work. And I'm like, you can't, you just can't do that. I don't even know how you guys are doing that. You know, some people will go to the gym, but having that ritual and that habit and just doing the same thing, whether it's fitness or meditation or like sitting down and having, spending some time with your kids or whatever is, is so important. And it, it does, it completely sets your day up like fully for success.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, mindset wise, like if my routine gets thrown a little bit, it's, it almost flips a switch in me immediately where I'm like, whoa, am I, am I that rigid with my routine? Um, but it's just, I think I know how it makes me feel and it has become just so important to my, my mental health more than anything else.
0: Yeah. And yeah, for anyone listening who, who does maybe struggle with their mental health, get that morning routine in. just start doing what it is that you love. Like when you wake up in the morning, just the, just the best and easiest way to just like get your day running the way that you want to do. Yeah. Cool. Then. And I so, think oh, sorry. it
1: doesn't have to take a long. Oh no, I was just going to say like r- routines in the morning don't have to take a long time. They can be you know five ten minutes. But just doing the same thing yeah. every day, I think, really can make some some big changes over time.
0: Yeah, big times. um Cool. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you, a bit about your backstory and and where you've got to now?
1: Okay. Um, well, I'll kind of start with where I'm at now so people can understand the direction that kind of led to this. Um, but I am a holistic nutritionist and health coach. Uh, so really helping people, you know, optimize their own health and come into their own and reclaim their health and rebuild their, their confidence. Um, and I did not get to this point easily by any means. Um, so, growing up, I was a chubby little kid. I got teased and bullied a lot for being overweight. Um, like, I vividly remember, I went to Catholic school growing up and had the Catholic school uniform, and, <laughs> you know, the the material of, of some of the clothes, it's, like, really rough and rigid, and so my thighs touched and rubbed together, and my uniform would always like rip and tear right in that area. And it was just something that I was always so self-conscious about. And so, you know, after years of just being teased about my weight, I decided to do something about it. But the thing I decided to do was starting to limit how much I ate. I started to work out more. Um, And this was about, you know, seventh seventh eighth grade so I was maybe 12 13 I was pretty young and I started to get noticed like people started to notice that things were I was changing I was losing weight I lost you know about 40 pounds um it during the summer and so it was pretty drastic and that external validation just fueled me and it fueled me into an eating disorder Um, You know, I started to eat even less and work out even more and just became obsessed with how I looked, um, but more so obsessed with receiving that external validation. And so this continued for for years. It started when I was 12 um, and around 19 is when my parents realized I needed some help. And so I started to get into, into treatment for my eating disorder. But around that same time is when I started to drink a little bit more. I think I was just so consumed with these thoughts of, you know, looking a certain way, obsessed with the number on the scale. Like, every day I just felt so trapped within my own mind. You know, my, my body was my enemy. My mind was my enemy. And I just wanted, I wanted all that noise to stop. And drinking was a way for me to, to quiet those voices. It was a way for me to not feel. It was a way for me to escape. And so, you know, now I have this duality of an eating disorder and alcohol abuse and, I was going downhill really fast. You know, I was not able to hold on to jobs. I was not able to continue with going to college. So my senior year of college, I I had to get pulled out. And it took me five years to finish that last year of college because I just couldn't. I couldn't stop drinking. I couldn't stop being in my diseases. And, you know... Around 23, I was just in one of the darkest places I've ever been, and I was making my family's life so difficult, so hard, and I just wanted that to stop. You know, I was tired of breaking my parents' heart. I was tired of disappointing them. I was tired of being the mess up in my family. And so, you know, I had the thought of, what if I just wasn't here And, you know, so I actually, you know, attempted suicide. I jumped from a two-story balcony, and I ended up breaking my back um, from that attempt. And, you know, I had surgery on my back. And even when I was rehabbing my back at my parents' house, like, I didn't stop. I didn't stop with those behaviors. Like, that's how powerful those thoughts were, was that, most people would take that as like a real awakening. And Mm -hmm. I just, I didn't want to come to grasp with the reality of who I had become and what I was doing to myself. Um, And so I went to treatment again for my eating disorder. I went to treatment again for alcoholism, but things just weren't shifting. They weren't changing. Like I was going through the motions, but not really changing inside. You know, I was doing it so that therapists were happy, so that my parents were happy. Um, And then when I was about 24, so about a year later, I started to have this crazy pain in my feet. Every morning felt like I was, I was waking up and walking on glass, like trying to get up and go to the bathroom in the morning. Like I had so much fear because I knew how much pain I was going to experience. And so this started me down a very interesting path. I kept going to doctors trying to figure out what was going on. The pain was getting worse. The pain was starting to be in different joints. Like I would feel it in my shoulder. I would feel it in my hands. Um, and so for a couple of years, I was trying to figure out what was going on with my body. And what ended up happening is I was tired of going to specialists and being put on different medications, but not getting an answer. And I finally went and saw a functional medicine doctor and she told me that I had an autoimmune disease. And I started working with a holistic nutritionist. Now, I had worked with registered dietitians for for years on my eating disorder, and they told me, you know, what I needed to eat and how, how many carbs I needed and how much protein and how much fat. But this nutritionist taught me the impact that food had on my body physically and mentally. And it was through that work that my relationship with food began to change. It didn't change overnight. I still struggled with some eating disorder behaviors. But I started to realize that food wasn't the enemy, that food was truly my my solution. It was mm-hmm. my medicine. It was what was going to get me to feel better. And I started to eat differently and I started to feel better. And so that was just a big turning point for me of understanding the impact that food can have food can, you know, be the enemy and food can create a lot of harm and a lot of damage or food can be our medicine and food can be the solution and it can be healing. And so I started to do a lot of work, not only with the food, but on the emotional and mental side of things too. And I began to realize that I can't heal what I hated I can't heal my body if I hate it, if I see my body as the enemy. Mm -hmm. And so I just started on this journey of a lot of, you know, introspection and a lot of, um, interpersonal work. And I decided like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to help other people with. And so I, I went and I finished college. Um, I, I got sober during all of this too. I finished college and I went on to get my master's and other certifications and just fell in love with helping people understand the impact that food has, but more so, I think the work I love and the work that really helps people transform their lives is that internal work, that mindset work. Um, That's where the real magic happens. It's not... Changing our, our diets can help, definitely, but if mm-hmm. that internal work isn't done, yeah. we can't heal. Yeah. And so, you know, it was a crazy journey to get to this point, but I wouldn't change it. All of those struggles like have become my strengths.
0: Yeah. And and what an amazing story as well. I mean, thank goodness you're still here and being able to shine your light, right?
1: absolutely
0: i'd love to go back a little bit and ask you about you know when you were that young cuz that that is it's really young and and i think at that age of 12 15 like those teenage years we're so susceptible to other people's thoughts and what other people think about us and the way that we're treated whether we're bullied or whether you know we're loved by everyone around us um what was really going on in your mind when, you know, when you, you sort of thought I I need to be, or whatever it was that was going on in your mind of eating and exercising the way that you were, do you remember?
1: I wanted to be light. Like I wanted to fit in was one of the, definitely the driving forces. I just, I wanted to be noticed. I think I felt like, you know, nobody noticed me. Nobody really cared. Um, and even that young, I I realized that if I can manage my external looks, I can manage the way people see me. And and that has been something that has definitely been a journey of mm-hmm. manipulating myself in order to manipulate the way other people view me.
0: Um, What do you mean by that? And I think
1: if I'm able to look a certain way on the outside, I felt like I had control. I felt like I had power over uh, how people saw me. Yeah. And then it became that, like, deep shame and guilt of if people knew, like, the real me, they wouldn't like me. Okay. So I had to keep that, like, image, that facade. And, you know, my I love my family, um, absolutely, but image was really important for my family growing up. You know, appearing to the world a certain way was really important. You know, we you don't disclose the issues to the outside world. Like, all of the, the fighting stays inside the family. And so, even from a young age, I was like, I, I knew I couldn't let people see the real me.
0: It's it's amazing how I, I I can imagine that people listening to this are thinking, Oh my goodness, I totally know what you're talking about and and you see it everywhere. You see it in in families who, you know, the parents maybe don't love each other anymore, but they won't tell anyone about it, or they won't share it with their friends because they don't see it as as I guess worthy of sharing, or they don't think that they're doing the right thing, or they feel shame or guilt and We live in a world where if judgment wasn't around, everyone could just be the way that they want to be. And we have created this culture of so much pressure that we need to look a certain way, that we should do a certain thing rather than just loving the people that we are and loving the way that we look, whatever size, shape or, you know, color that we are. we we just live in this bizarre world that has so many pressures on people for absolutely no reason. And I'm so glad that you're talking about this and that you're sharing this because I'm, I'm sure that this will resonate with a lot of people. And I know that, you know, especially in this day and age with social media and everything that people see online that they think they need to be and doing something in in a certain way for for them to be able to be something that it maybe is that they're wanting to be
1: yeah and I mean now we have filters and apps where you can change your your eye color and your skin like yeah it is insane the things that are we view every single day that we're impacted by every single day I mean the the kids now I can't even imagine growing up with The social media the way it is now it's just you're inundated with all these messages of look a certain way be a certain way speak a certain way it's overwhelming
0: yeah it's it's fully overwhelming and it's completely unnecessary because if if we just let everyone do and be the, the person they want to be then it would be a far easier place to to be a part of, right? Because we could all do our, do our thing and be the person that we're meant to be. I'd love to know, uh, when you started obviously having this pain in your feet, and then going to see a holistic nutritionist, what was it that she or he did to, I get you, guess get you to grasp what was kind of going on in your head apart from just saying you know you've got an autoimmune disease because Mm -hmm. anyone could have had an autoimmune disease and then carried on doing exactly the same thing I think the biggest
1: thing for me was she listened she listened to my whole history and she didn't judge me and I had always felt judged by you know, therapists and dieticians and doctors prior to that. Um, and she she didn't judge me, and she really took the time to work with me and to educate me. Educating me was a, a really big piece of it. Um, teaching me, like, how certain things affected me and why certain things were happening. Um, and that piece really started to shift how I saw how I saw food, how I saw my body, understanding what was going on internally. But I think above all else, I felt like she truly cared about me. I wasn't just a patient. I wasn't just a client to her. Like She really cared about my well-being and me getting better, which I just hadn't experienced with previous practitioners and doctors.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine in that space there probably is a fair bit of judgment about what you're going through. And and so your your journey from then and the things that obviously you've had to work on. I'm guessing that mindset's obviously been a huge thing for you. What's been your your biggest breakthrough? My biggest breakthrough,
1: mindset definitely is still the piece that I have to actively work on mm-hmm. because our thoughts. I think for a long time I didn't understand the impact that thoughts had on my like physical well being. And I've started to understand more and more just how much those negative thoughts can impact me negatively and how changing my mindset and changing my perspective can just transform so much. And so doing a lot of that internal work has been a big piece of it. And doing some of the trauma work, you know, there was trauma for me um in my younger years that that definitely added to the culmination of all of this happening. Um and so being able to take a look at that and be able to talk to that 12 year old girl that I was and mm-hmm. give her the love and compassion that I I didn't receive because I, I wasn't asking for it um, and I think asking for help is a big piece of of all of this too you know when I was in my eating disorder and when I was drinking I was trying to do it all by myself I was trying to you know my grandfather was a was a World War II then. So he was kind of the classic like pull yourself up by your bootstraps person. Yep. And so I didn't think, you know, asking for help was a weakness. That's how I saw it. Mm-hmm. And now I see asking for help as one of the most courageous things anyone can do
0: yep. to
1: say, I don't I don't have all the answers. I don't know how to fix this. I need help. I think that takes more courage than almost anything. And that has definitely been a challenge for me. I am completely a, a, t- a type A personality. I, I want to be in control of everything. I want to do everything on my own. And so asking for help is, is hard, but it, it always gets me further along in my journey when I ask for help.
0: Yeah. And, and what sort of gave you the courage to first reach out for help?
1: I I think it was fear had finally kind of gotten to me like I was fearful that I was gonna die from what was good what I was doing in my body and I knew I was meant for more like I I knew I had potential yeah. I think potential is something that sometimes is overused but like I knew I had potential to do something with my life but I had this weird juxtaposition of fearing doing something with my life and fearing mm-hmm. not doing anything with my life but i got to that point where i was like let me at least try let me at least try to do something different and see if that works and doing something different meant asking for help and i knew and i've had a therapist told me this too like try it a different way And if you don't like what you're seeing, you can always go back. We can always go back to our old ways. And that resonated with me. I was like, okay, I can try something different for a little bit. Give it a go. And if I don't like what's happening, I can go back. So it wasn't this, like, long-term plan. It was like, let me try things differently for a day, for a week, for a month. And so that's how I think it slowly started to build upon itself.
0: Yeah, I love it. And have you had sort of many challenges along that way, like along that journey of, I guess, rediscovering yourself, um, confidence, and self love, and I guess building up yourself again? Like, have you have you ha- come across many challenges since then?
1: Oh, absolutely. It has not been a linear process by any means. I mean, I think sometimes, you know, it's that two steps forward, one step back. Sometimes I felt like I was taking one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. You know, I struggled with an eating disorder for over a decade, for a good portion of my life. So yeah. trying to undo a lot of those habits, behaviors, thought patterns... Is still a work in progress. You know, I still have to actively work on on my thoughts and making sure that they're positive and that they are conducive. So, you know, I I truly don't think that we like arrive at our destination. <laughs> I think we're always on this on this journey and and always evolving and discovering more about ourselves. Um, so, there's been lots of bumps. I've had I've had slip ups. I've had you know, some relapses with behaviors along this way. I've, I've, you know, tried, tried different supplements or tried different diets, you know, and I really try to avoid diet culture now, but I would fall into, Ooh, you know, this looks like a shiny little object. Let me, (laughs) let me give it a go. Um, and sometimes it would take me, take me downhill and I would have to, again, ask for help to, to get back out of it.
0: And so what do you do on a daily basis now to keep your mindset strong and, like, is there certain things that you do to, to help?
1: Yeah, so p- coming back to that morning routine, like, that is really helpful for my mindset. Moving my body feels good to me and I get a lot of energy from that and it gets my mindset in, in a right place. So movement for me is really, really important. Uh, journaling is really important for me. I'm that person that, like, I cannot go to a store and not pick up a new journal. I have so many <laughs> notebooks in my house. But I, I like to write. Um, it's not something that I do every day. Sometimes I resist it a little bit. But mm-hmm. I do find that writing and journaling or even just jotting down some gratitude items can be really helpful for that mindset. Um, and a, a big piece for, for my journey is support. You know, I have absolutely not gotten to where I am solely on my own willpower or, you know, intelligence. I really have had to build a strong support network of people that I trust people that I can talk to people that I can disclose those thoughts that I think are completely crazy. um, But at least I'm able to talk them through with somebody else. So I have a very small circle of people, but the relationships I have with those people, I can tell them anything and I don't feel like they're going to judge me for it. And that is so important to have, Mm -hmm. to have those critical inner circle people that I can tell Mm. everything to instead of holding them because for me like secrets are my biggest enemy if I'm (laughs) if I'm holding a secret it tears me apart yeah um so I think that support network has been instrumental to getting me to where I am
0: yeah amazing lesson for people listening as well is is that secret like just don't hold on to things and even if you don't think it's a secret and you just don't think anyone needs to know about it or you don't want to tell anyone about it go find some people (laughs) to tell people about what it is that whether you're going through something or you're holding on to something it is so important to get things out like off not even just off your chest but out of your body and into the air essentially it's amazing how much pressure and stress it can cause on the body when you're holding on to something yourself and I can imagine that you've you you know you know that 100% because that's what you were doing for such a long time and and the impact that it has you know on your overall physical mind body and soul is is you know it's crazy it really is especially over a long period of time is very very detrimental to your health um and such an important lesson to to learn um was one question that I wanted to to ask you and and this supportive community that you have is so obviously important again but how did you find those people like where did you come across them? Were they people that you knew before or have they friends that you've made along the journey? How have you how have you found that supportive community?
1: So that community has changed over time. I would say when I started this journey, about 6 years ago my inner circle was one set and now it's completely different. And you know, sometimes what what works in the past doesn't really get us to where we want to go. So you know, today my inner circle has been built upon, you know, I I went, I go to AA, I do meetings for um managing my alcoholism. And so a couple of my inner circle has come from, from that group of people. But I started, interestingly enough, I became a personal trainer during all of this. And I started to work at an all women's gym and my closest best friends have come from, from that gym, which is so funny because I always, had issues with women. I saw women as like <laughs> competition. Um, oh, and I was yeah. always more comfortable with talking with guys. Um, but I felt so safe with all of those women. And even though I was technically their trainer, like it was a sisterhood for me. It was a community. It was a second family. And, you know, two of the People that I am closest to today have come from that. And they're people that have had similar struggles. You know, uh, my best friend is somebody that also struggled with an eating disorder. And so she gets it. She gets those like yeah. crazy, stupid thoughts that can come up. And I'm able to talk to her about them and she's able to talk to me about them. And, you know, That relationship has really helped me to grow so much. And, you know, my husband is another one that is absolutely part of my inner circle. And it's hard sometimes to be completely honest with him about everything that's going on in my head, but it always brings us closer when we're able to have those vulnerable conversations and speak openly about what's going on.
0: Yeah and as a journey, when someone's in your life, and they're on that journey with you, you know, you have to be able to be vulnerable and and share with things in order for them to do the same back, right? It's a two-way, it's a two-way street. Yeah.
1: And relationships are hard. They are, they're not easy. They take, they take work. And that is absolutely something that I've learned over the last couple of years, I I wanted everything to come easy. You know, I wanted the easier, softer way of life. And so starting to learn that the life I want takes work, that it takes hard work. And same thing with my relationships. They take take work, but it's always worth it.
0: Yeah, I think as long as we're prepared to put the effort in, then we can always get and have what it is that we want for sure I'd love to dig in a little bit to since then and obviously deciding to to become you know a health coach nutritionist how have you found that journey to be
1: so when I decided that I wanted to pursue becoming a nutritionist and and doing this work I knew I wanted to go into business for myself that's just something that I don't do well with authority. I don't do well with people <laughs> telling me what to do. Yeah. I really like my autonomy. I like to do things the way I want to do them. Um, but I also didn't realize like how much work it is to run your own business and to wear all the hats that that entails. So I had a lot of doubt. I had a lot of fear if I would be able to actually make my dream a reality, Um, and I would say like the first year of having my business, I really felt that imposter syndrome. I felt like I wasn't smart enough. I didn't know enough. I was going to fail at this. I felt like I was failing at it. Um, and I've been able to work with some business mentors and some coaches and, and work through some of those, those fears, those limiting beliefs, those doubts and, It's not that I don't still have some of those, but I'm able to push through. I'm able to persevere through those obstacles a little bit more gracefully now. I used to be afraid to dream big because I didn't see the point in dreaming big if it wasn't going to happen. And I think I I limited myself so much because I downplayed my own capabilities. I guess I felt like if I dreamed too big, I was going to come off as like egotistical or and now I'm dreaming bigger than ever and I'm actually being able to see those dreams come to fruition or I'm able to see the roadmap to make those dreams coming to fruition clearer, Yeah, which is something I've never experienced before. I think because I, for a while to be completely honest, I didn't see a future for myself. I didn't see myself yeah. becoming anything. And I think that's part of why I didn't see the the benefit of dreaming because I was like, well, I'm I'm not going to be anything more than just what I am. And now it's so crazy to have really big goals and big dreams and be like, these are possible. They're not just fantasies. They're actually possible if I do the hard work if I keep working on myself, I think that's one of the biggest things is I have to continue to do the work on myself if I really want these dreams to come true.
0: Yeah, 100%. I love that so much. And I mean, you've clearly come a long way. There's so much development that that comes from, you you know, the mindset shifts, essentially, that you're having, because I know that there's people listening to this, that have the same thoughts they have the same doubts maybe they want to start a business and you know that self-doubt kicks in all the time like I still have it (laughs) and we've just got to be be nice to ourselves like be kind to ourselves that we cannot be these rock star people that don't feel any pain or have any challenges and and that's just it wouldn't even be a fun journey if that were the case it would be boring you know Yeah. and being able to have the ability to dream and believe that you can go wherever it is that you want to go and create the life that you want to create and feel the abundance in the world in itself. Because I guess when you come from a place of a lot of lack of self-confidence and a lot of lack of self-worth and and trying to fit in by being something that you're not can play a huge role on you know your future if you don't change it. And hopefully there's people listening to this who who will really connect with your story and, and hopefully will be able to reach out to you if they need help as well. But understanding that it's okay to go through things like that, but things can change. And your life, just because of your past, does not have to be your future. And, you know, you're a perfect example of that. And it's so, so lovely and so amazing to hear your story. Um... Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm I'm loving everything that you're saying. I'm so excited for your dreams and everything you know to come to fruition for you as well. And yeah, I'd love I'd love for you to share a little bit about you know how you're feeling now compared to, you know your past your past essentially, and and how you keep pushing forward, and even you know even if you are making two steps back and making one step forward, but how do you keep that that vision and those goals in line with with where you're, where you're wanting to go?
1: Um, it's interesting. I actually spent time this week working on a vision board um, because I am very much a visual person. Like, I need to see where I want to go to really keep my mind focused on that. Uh, I'm with you. You know, and when I was going through all these struggles, like, I, I lacked purpose. I lacked a reason for for living. And, you know, I think the healthiest people are those that have a purpose. It has nothing to do with your weight. It has nothing to do with your BMI. It has nothing to do with how much you work out or what you eat. It has to do with, do you have purpose in your life? And I, I didn't have purpose. I didn't have something that I was waking up excited about every single day. I have that now. I love the work that I do with my clients. I love the people that I get to interact with and I you know I have a family I have a a son and a husband and when I was in the midst of of my diseases like I was told that I probably wouldn't be able to have kids because of the damage that I did to my body Mm. so being able to heal to that level to be able to you know carry a child and have a healthy child like I, I don't know a a bigger purpose for me, you know, I know not everybody wants kids, but for me, like that was such a driving force. And now like the driving force is to provide the best life for him that I, that I can. And that comes from working on, on myself and working with other people because I get so much fulfillment from that, um, and so that definitely keeps driving me forward. And when I have those doubts, when I have those fears, like I, re- I just remind myself, why, why am I doing this? I remind myself of my purpose. I truly feel like I was called to do the work that I'm doing. Um, I feel like I had the challenges and obstacles that I did in life because they gave me the resiliency to keep pushing through to persevere and the lessons I learned from my own journey are the most valuable things that I'm able to teach other people it's not what I learned in school that's helpful (laughs) but the, the biggest things I can give to people are my own experiences
0: yeah and just you sharing your story is will help you know, hundreds of people be able to come to terms with maybe their story as well. I think it's, it's so awesome, so awesome for you to, to share. Um, so I'd love for you to be able to tell us one of the scariest things that you've ever done, or maybe even one of the scariest things that you've had to go through in all in all of your excitement of life.
1: One of the scariest things I've ever done or had to go through. That's a hard one.
0: <laughs> It's it can be thing. can be anything.
1: I would have to say one of the scariest things I've done was deciding to start my own business. I think really putting forth like a financial investment and you know quitting another job to be like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna be be my own boss and I'm gonna make this work. I think that definitely was like mentally the scariest thing I've ever done um, because it was all on me. Yeah. Like I was s- so accustomed in life to kind of try to depend on other people, especially financially. That's a big, you know, piece of my story is like financial independence has been something that I've always wanted, but it's been really scary for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so to financially p- invest in my own business was super scary. And this week, this week alone, I made another huge financial investment into my business that kind of made me sick, but (laughs) it's one of those things where like, I have to continue to invest in myself to grow. I have to continue to invest in my business to take it to the level that I want it to go to. Um, and then,
0: you know, things go from there. I think,
1: yeah, things definitely Things grow from being uncomfortable. It's, I mean, the classic saying of we grow outside of our comfort zone, it's cliche, but it's true. It's true. I mean, time and time again, it proves that it's true. We grow when we get uncomfortable. Yeah. We grow from doing the things we don't want to do.
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, uh, like, from that being your scariest moment, like, so many people could have turned around and said you know what, this isn't going to work. This is going to be too hard. I can't do this. What made you push through? What made you take the leap and take responsibility and really go with it?
1: Well, I definitely had those thoughts of I should just... I and I, I had them, you know, a year into my business. So I was like, I should just shut it down. I should just go and get a normal job. Um, I should just work for somebody else. You know, I definitely had those thoughts, but my reason my my purpose was bigger than that and it was i i want to do life on my terms i want to run my business on my terms i want to build a life on my terms you know going back to that 12 year old self i was trying to do life on other people's terms i was trying to live life in a way that other people would seem or would see as acceptable. And I was unhappy doing that. And so I was like, why don't I just try and, and give it my all and put my whole heart into this and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to that therapist that was like, why don't you try it a different way? And if you don't like it, you can always go back. I was like, why don't I just try? I'm going to regret if I don't try. Mm-hmm. I'm going to regret if I give up. I'm not going to regret trying. Maybe I fall flat on my face. But I'm not going to regret that I at least tried and said I did it.
0: Yeah. Such a good lesson as well for for everyone is that you're never going to get on anywhere and, unless you try. You're, you're just yeah. not. It's impossible. <laughs> so you may as well try. And even if you fail, you try again until you get it right. And then you've got it right. And then you can move forward. And then you're probably going to fail and fall on flat on your face again trying something new but you're going to be moving forward and you're going to be growing and you're going to be developing yourself at the same time and yeah I mean I think I think the
1: the only failure we really ever can experience is not trying or giving up yes everything else is just a learning curve <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I had to learn that because I felt like I was failing at life. I felt like every day I was, I was failing. I make mistakes every single day. Let's, (laughs) you know, being a parent, I, I, I make mistakes every day.
0: Yeah,
1: but I just keep trying. I just keep trying to be a little bit better today than I was yesterday, and and learn. I know for me, like the biggest failure I can, I can experience is if I give up on what I want. If I stop.
0: Yeah. 100% awesome so what's one of the best bits of advice that you can give to our listeners today
1: I think the best bits of advice I could give is go for it whatever it is go for it and go for it with your full heart and with your truest self I think authenticity and realness will get you further in life than almost anything else um Mm -hmm. and I think the other thing that I have started to say a lot to myself and a lot to the people I work with is that you can't heal what you hate you have to approach things with love and compassion
0: yeah and that goes for yourself as well (laughs) yes
1: biggest part is that it goes for yourself you have to love yourself I have love myself I have to love my body if I want it to do what I want it to do I can't come from a place of of hate
0: yeah so true so many so many amazing lessons just from your story and I'm hoping that everyone is writing notes like crazy (laughs) because they're all like dick 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 (laughs) we should all be doing so many of of these things and just giving ourselves just love and compassion and seeing the beauty in ourselves and going with that. And yeah, I, I love your story. I love where you've come from. I love where you're going. So excited for you. Is there anything else that you'd love to share with our listeners today? I mean, I think it's just keep
1: going. Keep going, keep pushing through. You know, I, I could have stopped a lot along my journey and I just kept going even when I made mistakes even when I fell down you get back up and you keep going if you truly want something keep going
0: yeah love it I love it thanks so much honey so um for the listeners who'd love to either either connect with you or give you some love where can they find you
1: um, so I live on Instagram, I am, so on Instagram, my handle is at three leaf health. Um, so the number three leaf health, um, I'm an Irish girl, so, uh, the three leaf clover has been a driving force for me. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of where that name came, comes from um and then you know my website is threeleafhealth.com facebook i'm also at three leaf health and wellness as well
0: awesome and i'll put that in the show notes for everyone so that they can find you as well thank you so much for jumping on with me today um so awesome to chat to you and i can't wait to keep an eye on your journey and where you're going and maybe we can have you on in another year and see how things are going from you then that would be great thank
1: you so much for having me this has been fantastic
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and head on over to iTunes or your favorite podcast listener and give us a five-star review. Don't forget to join our free Facebook community called She's Unshakable, where we get to share our tips and tricks and experiences with building courage, resilience, and belief in ourselves. I look forward to meeting you in there.